contemplation together. Contemplation is other than meditation, <coughs> but it's also a very necessary part of our meditative process. What we're doing with the meditation at this point in time is trying to get the mind one-pointed enough so that it concentrates and therefore becomes calm and tranquil. Some of the time we have to use some insight when our thoughts arise. But our primary object in the meditation is at this time to have the mind calm and tranquil. Stops thinking, starts experiencing the breath and later itself. With the contemplation, we have only one object in mind and that is insight. Seeing things as they really are. This is a very famous word by the Buddha in Pali, Yata Bhutanyana Dasana, and it reappears over and over. The vision and knowledge of things as they really are. Vision and knowledge means the understood experience. So contemplation is to help us to gain insight into things as they really are. And for that purpose, we take one topic, which is universally true. And we have a look at that topic and see whether it applies to ourselves or whether we'd rather it did not. Or whether we do know that it does, but we'd like to forget about it. In other words, what is our personal reaction to a natural truth which pervades the universe and therefore includes us? So we go from the macrocosm to the microcosm and again, in our insight, we can go from the microcosm to the macrocosm which applies to <clears throat> the sentence by the Buddha when he said more than once, the whole of the universe lies in this fathom-long body, body and mind, one fathom-long, old-fashioned way of measuring a body. In this me lies the whole universe. In the universe lies me. We start from that which we know and we look at our own, not only reaction, but our own acceptance and our own notice of it. Do we take notice of the fact that we are a natural phenomena and are subject to nature's laws? Or would we rather use ourselves in the same way that nature is being used. Namely, by becoming dominant over it and thereby not seeing its truth and very often destroying that 
which is of the utmost importance. We ourselves are part of that natural environment and of the whole of existence. And the Buddha's injunction is to look at five things every day. And mind you, in his day, nobody spoke of the pollution of the environment. And yet, he gave the same instruction that will bring us to the understanding that we are the environment. It's not trees separate from us. And these five things are called the daily recollections because, he said, that it is of very great importance for every person to recollect these five points every single day. Now, when we recollect them, not to do that parrot fashion, of course, but to actually see them as an important understanding of ourselves and life around us and everywhere. What I will do, I will say the each subject, each sentence, and ask you to repeat it after me. It helps to remember. And then, after you have repeated it, I'll say something about it to help with the contemplation. The contemplation is one-pointed only in so far that it sticks to the same subject. We again do not allow the mind to think now about pretty green trees or nice flowers or green meadows, but we stay with the subject on hand, which you will hear and repeat. And then, that's the one-pointedness of it, and then we try to see this obvious truth, nobody alive doesn't know it, from a more profound angle within ourselves. In other words, the same old thing, but with a new package. So we'll do that now, and thereby also get a little more understanding of what it means to contemplate, because that is also a very important aspect to do in a course such as this, at times when there are individual um, meditation periods. In order to get started, please put the attention on the breath for just a few moments. And now please repeat after me. I am of the nature to decay. I have not got beyond decay. And the first thing we do in this contemplation is to investigate whether this is a true statement. And then we can have a look and see whether we actually incorporate that into our daily thought processes. And if not, why not? Do we dislike it? Do we forget about it? Do we think it's not important? 
And if we want to go a step further, what occasions decay? Where does it come from? Does it have any meaning for me, myself? I'm of the nature to be diseased. I have not got beyond disease. Now again we need to first investigate whether we've had sickness, illness and dis-ease, unease of whatever kind it may have been or whether we have some now, whether we can expect some of that. And then, if we look at the body, what does that tell us about our ownership of this body? What does it tell us about the nature of this body and also the nature of our mind?
I am of the nature to die. I have not got beyond death. Well, it's hardly necessary to investigate whether this is a true statement. But what is necessary to investigate is the fact whether we actually live with that understanding or whether we like to push it away and whether we are ready for death now and if not why not and what does that do to our mind that we're not ready for it
all that is mine, dear and delightful, will change and vanish. Now here again we can investigate whether this is, has been true in the past, that those things, people, situations, experiences, feelings, that were dear and delightful to us, have they changed or have they vanished altogether? How did we feel when we lost something or someone? How about that? which we now find dear and delightful, including our own body and mind. I am the owner of my karma. This needs to be seen and investigated in this way that it actually means we're taking full responsibility for all that happens in our lives without blaming any outside source or making any outside source responsible or taking full responsibility ourselves because we realize that we have inaugurated the cause and therefore are the recipient of the effect. It's a cause and effect way of all that happens in our lives. And we need to have a look and see whether this is clear in our minds.
an heir to my karma. Here we can look at it in this way that if we want to have a valuable inheritance which will be of to our own benefit, it's up to us to make that happen. We inherit our own effects. I am born of my karma. This is also a very important aspect of understanding and insight that the situation, the family, the country, the people, where we are born, with whom we have close connection, are all effects of the causes that we ourselves have put into motion. And again, it's no use blaming anyone else. It's no use blaming anyone. It's a karmic connection. And it's our testing ground. I am related to my karma. This is the closest relationship that we can possibly have. It's as close to us as our own skin. 
And if we look at our daily happenings and our lives in the context of that, we will recognize cause and effect, not always, but sometimes. And this is a matter for introspection. Whatever karma I shall do, whether good or evil, that I shall inherit. That brings us to this moment in time. Whenever we have an intention, we make karma. And very often, our inheritance happens the next moment. This is necessary to check out for oneself whether each moment in time, each mind moment, brings about a resultant. And then to possibly make a determination to have a valuable inheritance as often as possible. <laughs> 